0: Amen. Thank you, Joe. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at Lakeview Church. And the last couple Sundays we've said thank you for braving the cold to come to Lakeview Church. I think maybe this week I should say thank you for braving the warmth to come out to worship the Lord. It feels like a a tropical uh, summer out there. Um, Also, this is Super Bowl Sunday, but I don't care about either team. So uh, my team, the Kansas City Chiefs, lost right before they made it and so yeah I don't even know if I'll watch the game but uh, I don't recommend it so we get to open God's word together and see uh, what God has for us this morning out of his word and uh, just to give you a little bit of context I am in the middle of my second year here at Lakeview Church as your lead pastor Uh, I came about a year and a half ago and um One of the things that I like to do uh, every so often, uh, once a year or so, is what I call a state of the church address. Uh, And this is just really kind of to say where is our church and where are we headed? Where is God leading us? What does God have next for us? Um, Like I said, I'm I'm in the middle of my second year here So uh, this is my second state of the church message to Lakeview Church And just to set the the historical context of where this comes from and and why we're doing this today um, I don't typically like to talk about, you know here's what the church is all about, here's what our mission as a church is. I'm more like to see what God's Word has to say for us as believers, as individuals, as families, and then let that ripple out into how it impacts us together as God's family. Uh, But sometimes, uh, specifically with passages like we're going to look at today, the focus really is on what do we do as a church? What is our purpose? What is our goal? What is our mission as a church? And, And so, um, When I came, uh, my goal in my first year was to get to know you and for you to get to know me. That was my goal in my first year. Uh, A a wise pastor that I had known said, your first year should be about three L's. Listen, learn, and love. And I added a fourth one, lunch. Uh, (laughs) Lunch. So I went out on a lot of lunch dates with a lot of people here at Lakeview Church and it was all just about me getting to know you, you getting to know me, us figuring out uh, who we are and how God is knitting our hearts together and fitting us together to do his work. Uh, The second year, my second year of ministry, which we're halfway through and we announced this about a year ago, uh, the second year was really going to be a year of prayer. We actually started our year of prayer early We started it halfway through my first year uh, And so we have, we're, we're in this year of prayer And this is a year really where we ask the Lord What do you want us to be all about? And I felt very strongly that God's desire for Lakeview Church Over this last year, over these last several months Has been for us to push pause To not rush headlong into anything but just push pause and fall back in love with our first love which is Christ to just say uh, let's let's be a little bit remember we we uh, did the message about Mary and Martha and Martha was busy working in the kitchen and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Jesus said Mary has chosen the better thing and that was really what this the, the last several months and even the next several months will be about it's it's just sitting at the feet of Christ enjoying experiencing his presence together as his family and that's really what this past year um, has been about uh, and, and continues in the second year of my ministry here the third year then uh, the, the goal was the question that we've been asking the Lord is what do you have next for Lakeview what's your vision for our church what would you have us do uh, as we are uh, spending this year of prayer Um, And then as God begins to answer our prayers and to give us vision and direction and to call us into uh, a direction for ministry, uh, we will begin to pursue that in my third year here. And that, and then we'll implement that vision and, and be obedient to God and make course corrections as necessary, but try our best to follow God in the direction he's leading us and be the church that he wants us to be uh, from year three until the Lord's assignment for me here is over. And Corinne and I, when we came here, um, we asked the Lord if he would let us stay here at least until our youngest son goes off to college. Graham just turned three, so that's... That's a long time and we're hoping that God lets us do that Because we absolutely love being here We love being part of Lakeview Church We love you and we have really fallen in love with you Over the last year and a half And so we're excited I'm excited about the vision that God's giving us And I want to share a little bit about that with you this morning Where are we headed? Um, The the question really is Why did God create the church? Why was God's plan to save the world the church, why couldn't he have done something different? Why couldn't he have done something else? Why are we all here on a Sunday morning to, to, to sing great music and to listen to somebody talk? What's the por- purpose, what's the point? What is the reason why the church exists? What is God's plan for the church, capital C, like the big church worldwide in general? And maybe more specifically, what is God's plan for Lakeview Church? And even within that, what is God's plan for you and for me, the people who are Lakeview Church? What does God have for us collectively, and what does God have for us personally? What is his plan? That's the question we're going to talk about this morning. And uh, uh, Jesus came, and he lived, and he was crucified, and then he resurrected on the third day, that first Easter Sunday. And after he was resurrected, he spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them, showing them, preparing them to lead this new movement called Christianity. Christianity had not existed before. And and the disciples were going to be launching and leading this new movement. And Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection with them, teaching them, getting them ready to lead. And after 40 days, he ascended back into heaven and right before he ascended he gave the disciples a mission we call this the great commission it's in Matthew chapter 28 and and that mission or the great commission is the mission of every single church every single local congregation every single disciple of jesus christ has the same mission now sometimes churches state it and and word it in different ways which is fine but really at the end of the day all of us are all about the same thing the great commission the mission of the church it's the mission of every christian it's the mission of every congregation and that is our question this morning what is our mission What is our assignment from God? What has He given to us, to Lakeview Church, to you, and to me? If you'll find in your Bibles Matthew chapter 28, we'll just look at these words Jesus shared with His disciples right before He ascended into heaven. Matthew chapter 28, we'll start with verse 16. I'll give you just a moment to find it. If, if you, uh, uh, M- Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. So if you go about two-thirds of the way through your Bible, you'll find Matthew 28. Chapter 28 is the last chapter in the book. So find Matthew, flip down towards the end of the last chapter, uh, and we will find these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples just before he ascended back into heaven. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, uh, go back a slide real quick. <laughs> this is absolutely phenomenal, right? The, the 11 disciples... They, they lived with Jesus for three years while he was doing ministry. They went where he went. They ate what he ate. They pitched their tents next to him. They followed him all around. They watched him do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. They saw him cast demons out of people. They saw him bring Lazarus back to life. They saw Jesus falsely accused. Uh, they saw Jesus arrested, they saw him crucified, and they 've just spent forty days with him after he has come back from death right and and still some doubted, some doubted i don 't it, it never ceases to amaze me that even after everything they experienced everything they saw, everything they witnessed, some doubted and and i don 't I don't really want to be hard on the disciples. What I take from this is comfort because sometimes I doubt. Sometimes I have questions and sometimes I'm not sure and and sometimes I don't know. And I think if the disciples who lived with Jesus, who watched him do ministry, who did ministry with him, who saw him physically resurrected from the dead, if even then some could doubt, then, then that must be a normal thing. And God can work in me in spite of my doubts. Uh, that that wasn't really part of the message. Just kind of an extra little thing in the scripture. So uh, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse eighteen. Then Jesus came to him and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. What is our mission? What is our assignment from God? The first thing is this. Our mission is to make disciples. It couldn't be any more clear in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples disciples that is the mission of the church now somewhere along the way a lot of churches have sort of lost sight of that mission we we tend to to begin to pursue our successes and and forget or lose sight of our mission churches all over the country and all over the world do this it doesn't say jesus didn't say therefore go into all the world and get people to sign up He didn't say, therefore, send a link out in your email and get people to click register now, right? He didn't say, therefore, increase your attendance on Sunday morning by 40% over the next three years. He didn't say, therefore, increase your giving and your budget by 30% next year. He didn't say, therefore, create awesome, cool, high power, high impact events that hundreds of people come to and have a good time at. Now, none of those things is bad. None of those things is our mission. Our mission is to make disciples. That's what our mission is, and let's never lose sight of that bullseye. That is the goal. That is the mission. That is our assignment from Jesus. Our assignment is to help people follow him, to make disciples. Uh, Now, making disciples involves two things that Jesus uh, tells us in this verse. The first thing, it, it involves baptizing them. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Baptizing them, is ta- Jesus here is talking about proclaiming the gospel to unbelievers. Uh, helping people who don't yet know Jesus come to know him and put their faith in him. And once they put their faith in Christ, then we baptize them as a public declaration that they are followers of Christ. That's why we practice what we call believers baptism here at Lakeview Church. Some churches baptize infants. I'm not saying anything bad about those churches. I'm saying what we do is called believers baptism because we think that when we look in the Bible and we see people getting baptized, we see them getting baptized after they have chosen for their own selves to follow Christ well an infant can't make that decision for themselves so we don't baptize infants we dedicate them but we don't baptize them until they're old enough to make a decision to follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior that's what Jesus is talking about here go make disciples of all nations baptizing them proclaim the gospel it's evangelism that's the churchy word about to, to, to describe this It's bringing the gospel to people Proclaiming the gospel to them And, and let me say this Telling people about Jesus Doesn't have to be scary Or, or intimidating Telling people about Jesus Doesn't have to be like I'm going to shove Jesus down your throat Until you choke or get saved Right It's not like I don't go across the street To my neighbor and say You're going to burn in hell If you don't accept Jesus right now Because he's probably going to answer his door with a shotgun. (laughs) And I I am ready to meet Jesus, but not today, right? So this doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be intimidating. You don't have to have, uh, you know, entire books of the Bible memorized in order to to tell people about Jesus. Uh, The most natural and and normal and and regular way to tell people about Jesus is what we think, uh, what we call come and see evangelism. This is exactly what happened in John chapter one, when Jesus was first starting his ministry. In John chapter one, we see how people were brought to Jesus. Uh, John chapter one—this th- will be up on the screen—you don't have to turn there. Um, but John chapter one and verse forty, Jesus has just uh, has just started his ministry, and uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who had heard what John had said about those who followed Jesus. So John the Baptist just had pointed to Jesus and said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And two of John the Baptist's disciples, uh, one of them being Andrew, said, oh, if that's the Messiah, if that's the Lamb of God, let's go follow him. So Andrew was one of the two who'd heard what John had said and who followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon, also known as Peter. The first thing he did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. He didn't go to Peter and say, Peter, you're a moron. You need to follow Jesus. You need to stop being a jerk and follow Jesus. You know, he didn't say any of that stuff. He he just came to Peter and he's like, look, I found somebody that's special. I found somebody that's amazing. I found a savior. Why don't you come and see for yourself who he is? He brought him to Jesus. Then in verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. <laughs> I, love, I love Philip's response. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. <laughs> right, like when I was growing up, we, we used to say, uh, Hannibal, can anything good come from there? Right, but what did Philip say? Come and see. Come and see. He didn't start a debate. He didn't ask Nathaniel how he voted. He didn't ask where he stood on controversial issues. He didn't didn't do any of that stuff. He didn't shove it down his throat. He didn't tell him anything. He said, come and see. Come and see for yourself. I found somebody who is amazing. I found somebody who is the fulfillment of everything God predicted in the Old Testament. I found somebody who will change the world, who is changing my life. Well, who's that? Come and see for yourself It doesn't have to be scary It doesn't have to be intimidating You don't have to shove it down Somebody's throat You just have to invite them To come and see for themselves What God can do In their lives Because God has done something In your life That's what evangelism Is all about And that's the first part Of making disciples Is baptizing them It's evangelism It's sharing the gospel with them The, The second part of making disciples Is teaching them to obey Look back in Matthew 28 Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now notice what Jesus does not say. He doesn't say, teaching them to know everything I have commanded you. See, there's a difference in knowing what Jesus wants us to do and obeying what Jesus wants us to do. And, and so many times we miss this. We think discipleship means sitting through my Bible study class and knowing. And we miss the point about actually doing what God calls us to do. Actually being who God calls us to be. Our job as a church, our job as individual Christians is to make disciples, which means helping people actually obey Christ helping them actually follow Jesus a a disciple is not necessarily someone who can pray for six hours at a stretch or who will fast for an entire week at a time a disciple is not necessarily someone who has all 66 books of the Bible memorized in order or even knows that there are 66 books of the Bible right a disciple is someone who is actually following Jesus even if they're the last one in line. The point is, they are actually following Jesus. And I think, I have met so many Christians in my life, uh, uh, from the time I was a kid, who could, could quote scripture right and left, who could uh, argue points of theology better than my seminary professors, who knew everything, but they weren't really actually following Jesus. They, they, had, they knew a whole bunch of knowledge, They wasn't applied to their life, and it wasn't transforming who they are. And so that's what that's what we believe God is calling us to make disciples. And, and here's what a disciple is: someone who's actually following Jesus, even if even if they're the last one in line. Everybody moves at a different pace. Everybody everybody is is impacted by the Holy Spirit and by the word in different ways at different times. Discipleship is not a one-size-fits-all manufacturing process. It's much more relational, it's much more personal. The command to make disciples is To lead people to follow jesus to help them actually take steps one of the things that I have found most encouraging Most uh, amazing most incredible as being your pastor is watching god do this in your lives I see uh, so many different people I I have a a unique vantage point and perspective in that I interact with uh, a, a very wide variety of people that make up lakeview church and so um through prayer through being in uh, two different life groups through visiting a lot of life groups through counseling and and different things I have watched God work in different people in different ways at different paces you know I've seen people step out of and be given freedom from addiction And, and sure not everything else in their life is cleaned up yet But God brought them freedom in that area and they took a step to follow Jesus. I've seen God inside this church pull marriages back from the brink of divorce. And, And sure, not everything is perfect in their marriage yet, but God is slowly, one day at a time, knitting those two hearts back together and saving that marriage. I've seen people struggle with depression and God has lifted them up out of that cloud, out of that fog. One day, one step at a time. I, I've seen uh, people who, who didn't know how to study or how to read the Bible learn to love to study and read the Bible. I've seen people who, who didn't really know how to pray all that well learn to pray. It doesn't mean that they're praying for two or three or four hours at a time every day, but they're learning to walk with God one step at a time in prayer. People who have never given to support the ministry of the church, have started to give to support the ministry of the church. I've heard stories about people who have never felt the presence of God ever in their entire Christian life, who've started to feel the presence of God in our worship services, and they're blown away because they didn't know that that was a real thing. People who, who, who viewed God as, a, as an historical figure in a book that had a lot of great moral principles for us to live by today, have come into a personal relationship with God and are hearing him speak directly to them. Not everything in their lives is perfect, but they're growing one step at a time. That kind, those kind of stories are absolutely amazing to me. And I love hearing them. I love seeing how God is working in your lives one day, one step at a time. A disciple is someone who's actually following Jesus. Doesn't mean you're perfect. You could be the last one in line, but you're following Jesus, and that's what matters. Now, I, I, I want to say this by way of application. The command to make disciples implies that we already are disciples, right? You, you can't make disciples if you, not, if you are not already yourself a disciple. So how do you become a disciple How do you become a person who is actually following Jesus at whatever pace the Holy Spirit leads you? How do you become a disciple? Uh, Here at Lakeview Church, we're moving forward with this three-step process. Come to Jesus, become like Jesus, and share Jesus with others. This is how you become a disciple. It comes right out of the Great Commission. Put your faith in the one who gave his life so that you could have Eternal life. Put your faith in Christ. Surrender to his lordship, to his ruling and king, uh, to, for him to be the great God and Savior of your life. Put all your eggs in Jesus' basket. Come to him and believe. Be born again. And then get baptized as a declaration that you have decided to follow Jesus. That's the first step in becoming a disciple is to put your faith in Christ. That's why we're having baptism services in a couple Sundays. If you have not been baptized as a believer, I would invite you to get baptized. Uh, the, the baptism class is next Sunday, right after church. I would love for you to, to, to take that step and to declare that you have chosen for yourself to put your faith in Christ and to follow him. That's the first step of being a disciple, is to come to Jesus Not on your own merit, not because you're good enough, not because you've earned the right, but because Christ died for you. And to recognize that I'm not saved by anything I do, I am saved by faith in Christ. And it is his grace and his mercy that brings salvation. Step one is come to Jesus. Step two is a long one. (laughs) Become like Jesus. The, the Great Commission says to teach people to obey everything that Christ commanded. If you're someone who obeys everything Christ commands in your life right now, please raise your hand. It's a trick question, right? None of us are there. This is a lifelong pursuit of following Jesus. One day, one step, one area at a time, we are becoming more and more like Jesus All the time It's growing in love for God And love for others It's becoming like Jesus In all that we do And the third step Is to be obedient To this great commission That Jesus has given us To make disciples Come come to Jesus Become like Jesus And the third thing is Share Jesus with others Practice come and see evangelism Uh, pour, Pour your experience with God Into somebody else Pray for them Help them Encourage them In their faith Those are the three steps to being a disciple. Come to Jesus, become like Jesus, share Jesus with others. And as we do those things, we will be disciples who make disciples. Uh, When it comes to following Jesus, the most important step you can take is the next one. It's the next one. What is your next step? What is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to grow? What is the Holy Spirit pestering your heart about? The most important step you can take is the next one. Our mission is to make disciples. The second point, uh, our mission begins and ends with Jesus. Our assignment from God is all about Jesus. Look at the Great Commission. Verse 18 Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he gives them the mission, Therefore go and make disciples. And then if you skip down to the end of what he's saying, the very last thing he says right before his feet leave the ground is, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The mission that Jesus gave his disciples and to us begins and ends with with jesus he is bookended and our mission is in the middle so it begins and it ends with jesus the first thing he talks about is authority who has the authority according to this verse who has it jesus all authority in heaven on earth has been given unto christ therefore in the authority of christ we are to go under the authority of christ we are to go we don't have any of our own authority all authority belongs to jesus it is not what i think is cool it is not what i think is most logical it is not what i want to do it is what christ has given us authority to do it is his will It's not my vision, it's his vision. It's not my direction, it's his direction. I don't get to go out and do whatever the heck I want to do, whatever I think will make us successful. It's it's all about what is God calling us to do. And do I have the faith to trust him and am I humble enough to submit to his authority? Because his authority is the only authority that we have and we cannot succeed if we step out on our own plans, on our own visions, on our own dreams, on our own authority. We have to go out under the authority of Christ. We have to submit ourselves and our desires and our agendas to the authority of Christ. Our mission begins and ends with Jesus. It ends with his promise. Actually, this isn't even really a promise. It's just a statement of fact. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. See, see the mission of the church to, to live a successful Christian life, to make disciples, however you want to frame it, uh, it has to come out of the presence and power of Christ in us. It is Christ who brings success. It is his authority and it is his presence. And when we have his presence with us, we know... <laughs> that we can make difficult decisions. We can, we can make the, the sacrifices we need to make. We can decide the hard things. We can walk the hard road because we don't have to walk it alone. We have Christ with us. And where his presence is, there his power is also. And Where his power is, he gives us freedom. He gives us joy. He gives us Peace and strength to endure. See, we have to go out under the authority of Christ and we have to walk in the presence and the power of Christ. Otherwise, we will have no victory in our lives and we will have no success as a church. It is Christ who brings success. It's not our events, it's not our programs, it's not our style, it's not our calendar, it's not our marketing that brings success. It is Christ who brings success. It is Christ who works through us to make disciples who actually follow him. Our mission is to be disciples who make disciples. That mission begins and ends with Jesus, or we might say it like this. Our mission is to live for the glory of Christ and the common good. That is what we are to be all about. It is not about us. We need to get over ourselves. It is not about me. It is not about you. It is not about Lakeview Church. It is about the glory of Christ. It is about exalting the risen Savior among us. It is not about me being popular and me being well-liked. It's not about Lakeview Church being known as this cool hip church that that impacts the community. It's not about how wide our impact is. It's not about how big our numbers are. It's not about how much money is being given or what we're doing. It's not about making a name for ourselves. It is all about Jesus. It is only ever always all about Jesus. He is the only one who really matters. He's the only one who makes a difference. I can't set you free from your addictions. Only Christ can do that. I can't save your marriage from divorce. Only Christ can do that. I can't bring you freedom from insecurity or from pride or from any of those things. Only Christ can bring healing and can bring restoration and can bring reconciliation in your life. Only Jesus can change this world. We can't do it apart from Christ. It is only ever always all about Jesus. It is for his glory and for his uh, mission that we live and that we exist. We are here to bring glory to Christ and to serve the common good as he leads us. It is all about (laughs) Jesus. I want to conclude just sharing a little bit God gave me, I, I think, a prophetic word to share with you this morning. Uh, I wanted to come to the message today and I wanted to share with you uh, what our focus for the next year is. This year is a year of prayer. We've, we've talked about that a lot. We've prayed together a lot. We've had uh, monthly prayer and worship times together. We've uh, infused prayer in many different ways throughout our church family. This is a year of prayer. What is the next year about? What is the next year? What is God calling us to do specifically? What is our mission specifically for the next year? Well, I I was praying about that and I was asking the Lord, uh, How do you want me to phrase this? What do you want me to say? What do you have for us? And God spoke very clearly, directly, right into my heart. And He said this Jesus wasn't cool, He was crucified. And then he brought these words from Galatians 2:20 right after that. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Until that is true of us individually and collectively, we will not succeed in the mission that God has given us to. Jesus wasn't cool, he was crucified. We need to stop thinking that if we're cool enough, the world will like us and we'll have an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. They're not going to think we're cool. They're not going to like us. They hated our master and crucified an innocent man. What do you think they're going to do to his servants? Until this is true of us, That we have been crucified with Christ and and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. Until that is true of us, we will not succeed in living the life that He's called us to do. Our mission this year is to be crucified with Christ so that Christ lives in us. Uh, When I was putting this together, I thought, God, is this really what you want me to say? Our mission this year is to be crucified. That's not something like you put on a coffee cup or, you know, put on the the banner of your webpage. Come to Lakeview and be crucified. (laughs) We'll get some interesting people coming, I think, but (laughs) it is. This is the year where we put to death everything in us that does not bring glory to Christ. This is the year where we crucify our pride, where we crucify our insecurity, where we crucify our vain ambitions, our desire to be known because it doesn't bring glory to Christ. This is the year where we put to death the sinful desires of our flesh, where we say no to pornography, where we say no to that addiction. This is the year where we become more like Jesus intentionally, by crucifying the things in us that dishonor his name, that don't fall in line with him. Because once we have crucified ourselves, once we have put to death the sinful desires of our flesh, once we are crucified with Christ, he lives in us. I understand that we're not going to achieve that in a year, but it's a process that we start now. Let me bring all these points together on one screen so you can see them. Our mission is to be disciples who make disciples. Our mission begins and ends with Jesus. Our mission is to live for the glory of Christ and the common good. And our mission, specifically this year, is to be crucified with Christ so that Christ lives in us. I'm gonna pray in just a moment, but if you stick around for the congregational meeting right after the service, we're going to talk more in detail About uh, what specifically that looks like In the months and um, weeks and months moving forward We're going to uh, flesh that out a little bit uh, More depth than what I can uh, have time to give this morning So I would encourage anyone who wants to stay For the congregational meeting You don't have to be a voting member To stay for the congregational meeting uh, But you do have to be a voting member to vote <laughs> So uh, but I would encourage if you want to stay for that meeting it's right after this service uh, and we will be uh, talking a little bit more about what this looks like specifically Uh, let me invite Stephanie up and as she's coming uh, I'm going to pray Father I do thank you for being a God who still has a plan for Lakeview Church so many churches are not hearing from you and and they don't really know what the direction you're leading them in is and, and God you're You still have a plan after 70 plus years of Lakeview Church being around, you have a plan and and, and (laughs) that is amazing. And I'm excited to see uh, where you're going to lead us and, and what you're going to do here as we become a church that remembers our mission to make disciples. God, as we respond to your word in worship and prayer, I pray that you would meet us in this place and fill us with your spirit. I'm going to invite the elders to come up too as we're going to spend just a a moment in prayer. As they're coming, Stephanie's going to lead us uh, in singing. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. And take up their cross, and follow me. I pray that the Lord would speak into your heart what that means specifically for you this week, as you go in peace, under the authority and with the presence of Christ. If you want to stick around for the congregational meeting in just a few minutes, uh, I would invite you all to do that. But otherwise, if you have kids downstairs, please go pick them up. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank